This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, Emmanuel. It's good to be back together again as a family after the, the snow apocalyptic storm that we had last weekend. It's funny now in Minnesota how like an inch of snow causes everybody to stay inside. Uh, and then by the time we get to February, it's like, ah, we just call that Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> just the snow aspects. And I'm just thankful that you chose to come back together again. So whether you're joining online, you're in Lakeville, you're in Elk River, Maple Grove, or Spring Lake Park, as one family, we get to be together. And this is an amazing, busy time of year. And as a church family, we have the opportunity to celebrate Christmas. In fact, this will be the first time I say it, Merry Christmas. And uh, to say it to each and everyone at the church in the next 10 days or so, there's a whole lot of activity that's going to be happening. Uh, a week from today will be the last Sunday Christmas uh, or Sunday services before Christmas. And so we have some special things planned for you next Sunday. Invite your friends, your family. That'll be a great service. In fact, come on time because I got something they're opening each service with that'll be really powerful. And then on Christmas Eve, you're welcome to join us for our Christmas Eve services on each location. And then we're going to have church the day after Christmas. And, uh, and uh, it's going to be a great time. It'll be the last Christmas or the last service of the year. We're really grateful that we get to be together at this time of the year. Now we're in week number three of a series that we're calling What's in a Name? And we've been looking at the value of the names of God, what, the names of the story. And of course, your name matters in the whole thing because God cares enough about you to send his one and only son into the earth. And you matter. In fact, on the count of three, I want you to just say your name out loud. One, two, three. See, now that just like, just sounded like a big noise to me, but to God, he heard each of his kids and it was really incredible how in this Christmas story, we need to be reminded this time of year that it's not just some big global experience or something that everybody gets excited about shopping and all of the activities that go on in the parties and that kind of thing, but it's really about you. And the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ is truly about you. Now today, I want to talk a little bit about button pushing. How many know there's a little bit of button pushing going on? How many of you have people in your life that are button pushers? They know where your buttons are and they push you. The closer you are family-wise, they know where to push the buttons. And there are activities, there are things that happen. Drivers on the road can push your buttons. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole thing where if it's pushed enough nowadays, there's road rage and other things that go on. And when it comes to what pushes your button, everyone has different buttons at different times. And the question is, what does it do to you? What happens inside of you when your button is pushed? Do you lose your peace? Do you have a sense of losing a sense of calm, of tranquility? Do you become somebody else? Do you become the rage monster? Do you know, what is it that, that comes out of you? Or do you get really quiet and you escape and you withdraw from other people? Or what is the activity that takes place on the inside of you when the button gets pushed. Well, I want you to know this. What happens inside leads outward, which leads to the your future, really. 
When you have something going on in the inside, brokenness inwardly moves to brokenness outwardly in relationships, and it perpetuates brokenness in individual and family futures. But peace could also work inwardly. And if peace is there inwardly, it will move outward and it will perpetuate a peaceful future. So today and on this Christmas, I want you to see how letting Jesus work on the inside can help us on the outside and give us hope for all of our futures. But you have to think about when your button is pushed, who do you call? Who do you reach out for? What is the the thing that you do to try, try to get peace back in your life. Some people, they chase other things. They chase addictions. They go after uh, things that will kind of calm them or medicate them in the moment. Other people withdraw and they become more isolated and alone. Who you call upon or whatever your escape pattern is really determines what your future will be. And it actually determines what kind of relationships that you have. And so the title of my day, of my message today is, who you going to call? Anybody heard that phrase before? So when I was a kid in the movie, first movie came out, it was Ghostbusters, right? And then they did a renewal of the movie. I haven't seen it this year, but that whole phrase, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call when you reach that point of anxiety on the inside or someone pushes your buttons or life isn't going exactly the way you want it to go? Whatever you do on the inside will move outward and control your future. And I want you to look with me at Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to look at an ancient prophecy that many of us know a very small part of this prophecy, but we haven't seen necessarily the context of it because it's quoted in the New Testament. It talks about unto us is given a child. And, uh, and so we are used to that. Maybe it's in our songs and that kind of thing. But I want you to see the promise of the Messiah that was planted in the scripture hundreds and hundreds of years before the Messiah Jesus was actually born. And it's a prediction or a prophecy about who he would be and what he would do. In Isaiah chapter nine, verse one, it says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. And the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine." You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse six, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Now this is 
powerful because the ancient prophet with absolute clarity under the power of the Holy Spirit told the world that darkness will not forever win the day. That the Messiah that was coming, listen, you might feel like it's really dark right now, but there is a solution and his name is Jesus. You may feel that way about the land that we live in, but there is a solution and his name is Jesus. And it was prophesied over 2,000 years ago that he would come. And when he came, he announced something and the gospel wasn't just preached. While Jesus was alive, the light didn't stop shining 2,000 years ago, but his light still shines today. And so as we look at what the announcement was, there were these titles or attributes of the Messiah that were really critical to understand who he was and what he was about. And we use phrases like GOAT, which for all those that like sports would know would mean the greatest of all time, right? So when I say the GOAT, you might think of Michael Jordan or you might think of Tom Brady. If you think of anybody other than Michael Jordan, you are wrong. He is the greatest of all time. All you youngins that try to throw LeBron into that camp, I'm sorry, he's not there, right? So Jesus is the name of the Messiah, but he has titles or attributes that you are important for us to understand. And even in this moment, this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to consider these are attributes of Jesus that you need to call on when your button gets pushed. When there is anxiety on the inside, you can call on these names and they matter. The first one of them is wonderful counselor, wonderful counselor. This is the super lawyer, the attorney who knows how to help people in deep battles with seemingly impossible conflict. This is the one that knows how to navigate a system that we don't understand. Anybody today not understand the systems of this world? We might not understand the IRS. Hello. Some of us need to call him the wonderful counselor, right? But there are so many aspects of life that are confusing to us. And when we are stuck or confused, we don't know what to do. And sometimes we want to complain or we want to do, we want to uh, get mad or get angry. Some people, the only thing they know how to do use is brutal force and they become physical with other people when they're frustrated or angry on the inside. But this announcement of the wonderful counselor was an announcement of hope and of capacity to help anybody through their challenges. So you might be going through a divorce. You might be dealing with custody issues. You perhaps have to are one of those business owners that's trying to figure out how to arrange your business in such a way as it will work, but you have to deal with weird laws that you have to navigate around. Or, or perhaps you're an individual that's in a complicated relationship and you don't know how to navigate those things. That's when you call upon a wonderful counselor, not just the one that's the therapist that you go into the office that tells you how, how to feel. I'm talking about the attorney that can argue your case before the judge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Somebody that actually is above it all. Some of us feel like we're underneath the thumbprint of some other force out there and the whole world is against us and we can feel as though the judge has already ruled against us and it's not even worth trying. But I want you to consider that the wonderful counselor has an ability to come and make an adequate argument and give you the type of wisdom that you need to navigate the moment. You do have help and his name is Jesus. He is called the wonderful counselor and he gets you. He understands you and he's not afraid of a messy world. He knows how to navigate things. We have so many people in our church that have gone through various things. They've come from other nations and uh, they came here out of, out of hardship and they were uh, refugees in our country and they landed at Emmanuel because we're called to be a house of prayer for all nations. Amen. That's what God's call is on us. But they come here and their desire is to become citizens. But the process to become a citizen in the United States is very difficult, long, and expensive. It's hard. And when you don't know how to navigate all of the uh, uncertainties, you need a wonderful attorney, a wonderful counselor to walk you through it. And I want you to know I've heard story after story after story of how God is helping families navigate what they could not otherwise. Only God. Only through Jesus could it happen. This is why I want you to catch. He's the counselor. Biblically speaking, the counselors were advisors to the kings. They were the ones that would come along and they would give good advice to the king to make good decisions. Parents and business leaders and professionals, we need his counsel when we make our choices with our finances or with our time or with our relationships. And he is the smartest, wisest person to bring into your staff meeting. Come on, somebody. Job says this, but true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. And I just want to just say this before I move on to the next title. It says not just he's the counselor, he's the wonderful counselor. When someone is wonderful, you want to see them. They put joy in your heart. They put you at ease. A wonderful person you want to be around. He is the wonderful counselor. You don't need to be afraid of him. You can talk. You can walk right up to him. And you need to have that sense of awe in who he is. Now, anyone that knows me knows that I love little kids, toddlers. Love having the kids in our services today. Amen. Uh, just seeing the kids. And I love toddlers and I'll go out after service and I will stand around where all the parents have already picked up their kids and they're walking by. And I just love watching the kids. I'll talk to the parents to, you know, keep the kids around a little bit longer. But I, I love watching the kids. There's so much joy and so much excitement in their faces and, and they'll walk up and, you know, they're running along. But the thing is that they're, you know, the toddlers, they're like this tall. They've got their perspective is knee high. All they see is knees, right? And so they're running along. And sometimes, once in a while, they'll bump into me. And they'll, they'll bump into me. And then I'll see them do this. And the jaw drops. Because they're in awe. 
Now, they don't know my frailties yet. They just know I'm really big. I'm really tall. When it comes to a wonderful counselor, we need to remember our perspective sometimes is limited. And all we see is the confusion of knee-high perspective. And we need to run to the wonderful counselor and look up and recognize he's bigger than my situation. He's got this. I can trust him. I can trust him. He's wonderful. Don't go into your Monday without the wonderful counselor. Proverbs 20:18 says, "Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice." When you need guidance, thank Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor. If you need guidance, thank Jesus. Second title was Mighty God. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. Now the Hebrew Root for mighty is commonly associated with warfare and has to do with the strength and vitality of a successful warrior. Mighty warriors were heroes that defended the people. And so in those days, they were important to the town. They needed those heroes to defend them. So when Isaiah prophesies that there will be a mighty God doing what people can't do, there's something powerful about this. In fact, it says in Psalm 89, powerful is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. I am really mindful of this when I realize the end of my strength, my ability to get something done, my ability to get, convince somebody else that I'm right. How many know not every argument you get in, you win? Sometimes we wish things for our kids or we wish things for our family or our people around us. We want them to change. But how many know sometimes we just aren't capable of doing it? No matter how hard we try. That's, a, that's why I pray. Come on, somebody. But the truth is, when it calls him the mighty warrior, sometimes we go to the toolbox to utilize weapons of warfare that are futile. They're useless. And and he is called the mighty God. In other words, he's the ability to step into our battles and do things we can't. I have gone through personally, and I know you have, through seasons of your life, there's great spiritual warfare. And when you're going through spiritual warfare, often you go, Lord, I need your help, right? But sometimes we don't necessarily visualize the mighty God, the warrior stepping into our situation. Even at Christmas time, it's like, look at the little baby. Think about infant Jesus. And we think about peace and, and that kind of thing. We think in terms of calmness and all those kind of things. But not all of life is calm. Not every moment of our stories is uh, we feel strong. And it's at those moments, who are you going to call, that you need to remember, I need help and I need a mighty God in my situation. I don't just need to call on the, the timid and peaceful infant. 
I want the Jesus who lived a sinless life, died on a cross from my sin, rose from the dead, and he is victorious, holding the keys of death, hell, and the grave in his hands, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I need the one that every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. I need mighty God in my story. This is a title of Jesus because it's who he is. He is the Messiah. And listen, some of us have been intimidated by people in our life. And maybe there's various people in your story. They, they pu push your button because they're richer than you are. They're stronger than you are. They have a more authority. They have a, a title that's higher than you and your company. Or you feel uh, inferior to your, your family at, at, at Christmas time in the holidays when you're going to gather together. And you're worried about going seeing somebody that has more money than you or, or looks better than you or has the favor of your parents still and you don't have the favor. Let me tell you this, before you go to that party, but when you do feel the anxiety rising up, call upon mighty God who says, I'll be with you, my daughter. I'll be with you, my son. You don't need to worry. I've already taken care of it all. When you're in a battle, think Jesus. He is your mighty God. The next title was The Everlasting Father. The Everlasting Father. This is an interesting statement because everlasting is there's no way to stop it. It goes on for eternity. It's the Energizer Rabbit. It's a, it's a continuous, ongoing, never let go of responsibility. And of course, the title Father is uh, Abba, Papa, Dad, literally he is the one that began it all. He's the begetter. He started this whole thing off. He's the one that wanted you as his kid. He's the one that is responsible for you. And it will never go away. The everlasting father is primarily concerned with his kids. He thinks about his kids. You know, at the time like this, every year and we sing songs and those kind of things. And I love Christmas Eve. And when we get to sing Christmas Eve and we have that kind of the candlelight feel, uh, feel in the room, whether it's with our, our, our flashlights on our phones or whatever it is that we're using at a given time. And it can feel like, oh, silent night, holy night. And we're like, oh, this feels good. But the truth is there are many of us that when we're singing it in a crowd, we feel like we're lost in a crowd and we're not as good as other people in the room. But you need to understand this. Jesus sees you and notices you and a title is Everlasting Father. He's after you. He cares about you. He is providing for you. He is interested in your story and you can't get a kid out of a father's heart. You can't remove a child from a father's heart. In fact, he cares about people so much that even those that consider themselves to be fatherless, as Psalm 88 says, or 68 says, father to the fatherless. He is one that will bring you in to his family. 
So even if you didn't grow up with people that cared about you, perhaps you've gone through nothing but rejection and you've lived your life thinking that you aren't that special, that there was something uh, wrong with your DNA or something like that. You need to know the Father. Jesus is an everlasting Father that calls you and you are a part of the family. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're part of my family. And there's something interesting here in addition, and I think it's important to understand in the context of all of Isaiah chapter nine and the prophecy of the Messiah is that there are many people who live underneath the, the weight of injustice. And that word can mean different things to different people, but the reality is when you're living in a state of being that you can't get up because of forces outside of you. You grew up in a dysfunctional family. You grow up without an ability to get an education. You grow up without access to certain things. You can feel as though you are fatherless. Like nobody's taking care of you. But Proverbs says this, don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court for the Lord is their defender. He will ruin anyone who ruins them. There is an interest that the father has upon people that you don't even think about right now. He cares about every foster care kid in the city. He cares about every person that has been hurt and abused and kicked out of their house. He cares about the neighborhood that you live in and he understands what it's like to, to grow up without a dad. He gets that experience and he cares about you and he will do something about it. Can I get an amen to that? So when you need a father, thank Jesus. When you need a father, call out. Who are you going to call? Call out to Jesus. Lastly, was the Prince of Peace. A Prince of Peace. Peace, biblically, means much more than just the absence of war. Peace, biblically, is to be complete. It's wholeness, harmony, fulfillment, having full meaning or hope. This type of peace is found in the person of Jesus. You can see it on him throughout his lifetime. If you read the Gospels, he, it's powerful, this peace, this contentedness in any circumstance and the capacity to not let button pushers take you off track. Because how many know Jesus had haters? Jesus even had people on his own team that loved him, but they're always trying to manipulate him to do certain things. But he would not lose his peace. This year, this time of year, there's a lot of expectations. Where are you going to go for Christmas? Which family are you going to be with? What are you going to cook? What are you buying for presents? Even though half our presents are somewhere in some ship off the coast of California. <laughs> then what are you going to do for this party and that party? What are you going to wear? What are you going to do? What are we going to get for our kids? Where, what are we going to dress them? Are we going to get Christmas pictures. Some of you do that. You can do that in any one of our lobbies, by the way. Tag us in it so I can see your family's face. But here's the, all the expectations can have a way of pushing the button and we lose our peace. Like we're never enough. We can't get it done and we can feel overwhelmed. And instead of this being a peaceful season, it is overwhelmingly anxious. Anxious. 
And then on top of that, when you're in a state of being where you're not sleeping enough and you're a little bit anxious, it doesn't take as much to tip you over. True? And when it comes to the anxiety, and by the way, some of you, you, you grew up and you have so many great memories this time of year, family and Christmas season. Like You got excited about this year's Christmas sometime back in July. You like you prep for it, you prepare for it, you get the warm fuzzies from it. This is like the best time of year. And then there's others of us that are are like, no, those very same things push our buttons. I just want to get this over with. I I I, I I'm tired. I've, it's a reminder that I don't have what everybody else has, and 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 maybe it pushes a button where things go dark on the inside. But I want you to re- remember how this whole prophecy started out. The whole promise of Messiah was to bring light into the darkness. To bring peace, wholeness into your soul. He was able, Jesus was, to handle his haters, to fall asleep in the bottom of a boat in the middle of a storm. He could handle dialogue where people were trying to trap him. They were messaging him on social media. They were trying to get him to say something that was that they could trap him in. And he wouldn't give in to the traps. It didn't mean that he didn't deal with anger or about injustice. In fact, there was a moment at which, you know, there was injustice going on in the house of the temple where Jesus channeled his anger without losing his peace. I really hope this Christmas that you're able to call upon the Prince of Peace who has a capacity to come in and somehow to bring you his peace. God's peace makes a person feel whole regardless of circumstances and is strong despite natural frailty. 2 Thessalonians 3.18 Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. When you need peace, thank Jesus. This part of my message I have been chewing on all week long. And I felt the Spirit really wanting me to hover here for a moment and to challenge people in our church, wherever you're worshiping with us, it could be online, you could be in any of our locations, to consider if you are lacking peace, why are you lacking peace? And you could give me your schedule, you could give me your bills, You can give me the list of all those things and recite all the things that are pushing your buttons. And then I would ask the question, just as I have this entire year and actually about the last 18 months, where are you going? Who are you calling for help? So when you're in a state of a lack of peace, are you finding yourself scrolling through social media and getting more and more bad news? And picking up other people's attitude who are passing lack of peace onto you? 
Maybe you need to tap the brakes and consider that that isn't necessarily developing you the person you want to be. In fact, what's happening is it reinforces the negative, then the pressure goes inward, and whatever's going on inward comes outward. It affects your relationships, and then it affects your hope for the future. And when you don't have peace inside, you don't have hope or peace for your future. So what if instead you back the bus up, baby? And you say, you know what? I'm feeling this. It's a real feeling. My button got pushed. The driver cut me off. My sister spoke coarsely to me. My boss is being a jerk. You say whatever. And on top of that, we've got moms in here. They've got these little kids. They don't even have to try. They're pushing your buttons all day long. And you reach that spot. Who do you call? Call his name Jesus. He is your wonderful counselor. He is your mighty God. He is, he is the everlasting father. And in this moment, he's your prince of peace. And you need his peace to handle what's going on around you so you can be a little bit more like Jesus. A little bit more. When, uh, when we were raising our kids and they were much younger, there are different stages of life, you know, that you have to revisit calling upon Jesus and what it means. But I can recall there was a time when I think we had three kids and one of them had whooping cough. And I don't like getting woke up at night. Um, I want to sleep all night long. Same with Jody, but she, she was the one that would often get up and be more sacrificial than me. And uh, just one night, she was so tired, and it had been a long journey. And she finally reached over to me, and she said, Nate, can you just take the next hour? And I don't know that I was really a nice person at that point. I don't know. I, I think I just said, okay, or I guess, or whatever it was that came out of me. And she went to sleep, and I went into the room to hold our son. And I was in the glider, and I was rocking back and forth. And I had these thoughts like, God, I'm 26, 27 years old. I... I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to be a dad in the middle of this. I'm tired. To be honest, I'm, I'm feeling angry, frustrated. This life isn't as fun as our wedding was. <laughs> and I can recall somewhere in the middle of what I was feeling, I just started singing songs to Jesus calling out his name. Jesus. Jesus. Lord to me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I just started singing to him. And by the way, I got a lot of songs up in here. And one thing led to another and I, tears went down my face. 
The situation I was in, the stage of life didn't change at all. There were still diapers to change, still tired nights. But because I called upon the Prince of Peace in that moment, he filled my heart and it went outward and I found my son asleep, no cough. I was able to do a little longer than an hour. My wife got a little bit more sleep and we made it through the day. Church, it's time that you called upon the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that there's not other information out there, but listen, the world is manipulating people. They have algorithms meant to push your buttons, to get you angry. You'll see something pop up in your timeline. They want you to see it. Maybe you need to shut it off. Stop taking the bait. Stop calling out to that stuff. Start calling upon the name of Jesus. That every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. Would you stand with me today? it's important for you to shut out all your other escape plans, the other pathways, and open up your soul to heaven to call upon the name of Jesus. Can you lift your heads, your hands, your hearts, even before him right now, and just say, Jesus. Come on, begin to call out to him. Jesus. Jesus, I'm calling out to you. You are the Prince of Peace. You are my wonderful counselor. You are the mighty God, the everlasting Father. There is no other one like you. Lord, we acknowledge today, oh God, that we have need of you, that we have things going on on the inside, that Lord, you are our only hope, our only solution. And today, we ask that you would step in and that you would fight on behalf of your kids that you would remember their needs and provide for what they have, that, Lord, you would usher in your peace that passes understanding and guards our hearts and minds. We cry out to you, Jesus. We cry out to you, Jesus. Who we're going to call, we're not going to call any other source but the name of Jesus. We cry out to you, Jesus. We cry out in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
begin to thank him for his faithfulness, for being the Prince of Peace, for being that wonderful counselor, for being the everlasting Father, for being that mighty warrior that fights for you. Thank you, God, for being present in every circumstance. Thank you for your promise of peace, God, that goes way beyond all logic, way beyond all understanding, that doesn't depend on what's happening around us. Your peace can reign in our hearts and in our minds today. Every thought, every emotion contain God, finding refuge in you. And we thank you, God. We thank you for being within reach. We thank you because each time we call out on your name, you respond. And you meet us, God, where we are at. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you if you just for a moment remain with your eyes closed and your hearts open. And there's one very specific, such an important moment when we call out on the name of Jesus. For some that are in the room today or those that are joining online at home, Today you're at a place where you find yourself far from God. Maybe at one point you walked with him, you drifted away. Maybe you haven't ever invited him into your story. But today, Jesus can bring peace. He can bring purpose. He can bring forgiveness. He can bring healing and wholeness and restoration into your story. And it begins with that moment where you cry out and you say, Jesus, I want you to step into my story, to come into my life, to come and change everything. And if that's your prayer, that's your desire, you're far from God, and today you want to turn to Him and you want to say, God, I want this to be a new beginning in my life, in my story. Can you just raise your hand where you're at? As a way of saying, God, I'm owning this for me. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. If that's you, amen. Bless you. Bless you. Would you do this? Would you pray this prayer with me? Make it your own. Repeat this prayer. And church, would you follow along as well? And say, Jesus, I need you today. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your hope. I ask for your peace. I ask that you would make me new. Thank you for living a life was holy and sinless for dying for me for being raised from the dead so that I could have hope today and I ask that you would be my Lord and Savior from this day on it's in your name I pray amen 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 can we take a moment and celebrate every decision that has been made What a great day. God is on the move. And chat, would you help me celebrate everybody who just raised their hand and gave their life to Jesus for the first time? That's such a life-changing decision. And there is literally a party in heaven happening for you right now. And as a church, we'd love to be much more than a video to you. And if that was you today, I encourage you to take another step and to text us the word Emmanuel to 313131. If you do that, we're gonna be able to do two things. One, we're gonna get a gift in your hand, and two, we're just gonna be able to connect with you, get to know you, and really partner with you on this journey of faith. 
Let's keep going together. So excited. And I am equally excited for Christmas Eve. Christmas is coming and we know the real reason for the season and we are excited to celebrate with you and your family. We are broadcasting live at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Christmas Eve. We hope you join us, share the stream with someone, invite family. We are also live at all our locations and we are excited to see you there. Christmas Eve, 5 p.m. Not gonna wanna miss it. That's all we got for you guys today. We're so excited. Can I just pray for you as you go on with the rest of your week? Lord, I lift up everybody under the sound of my voice. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that there is so much behind the name that is Jesus. Thank you that you are a provider. Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace in this busy season. Lord, let us lean on you, love you, and love others better this week. We give you all the glory for today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Merry Christmas.